Hello and welcome to episode four of the Boston GAA podcast. In this episode, we speak with Johnny Gurk, TD for Me the West. Johnny spent many years in the Boston area and was heavily involved with the GAA here before returning to Ireland and getting elected to the Dáil. We also speak with Sharon O'Brien and Paula Callahan about the revival of Camogie in the Northeast region with the formation of a new Camogie club, the New England Fenians. Paula and Sharon reminisce a little bit about their involvement with Emerald Isle and Era Og and talk about the plans for the future. So without further ado, let's uh, introduce Johnny. So Johnny, uh, thanks for your podcast. Uh, how are things going at home? Hi, uh, yeah, Rory. Uh, thanks for asking me, Rory. I was delighted. Um, we, 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 we have great memories from our time in Boston, and sure, um, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And uh, over here at the minute, Rory, you know yourself, it's all about um, the COVID-19, and it's a kind of a year that um, has, has, has slipped by, and, you know, I think everybody is, is, is waiting for the end of the year to hopefully 2021 will be better for everyone, you know? Yeah, it's kind of something I'd say where this time last year, nobody... I mean, no one ever thought we'd be in this position uh, with anything or no one ever thought we'd ever live through anything like this. Uh, seems like Ireland. I mean, here, obviously, it's it's fairly prominent in the news with, uh, you know, with how the coronavirus is going here in Ireland. It's in, is it a bit under control or, or getting getting kind of a bit out of hand again? Yeah, well, I mean, they have it under control, and then, like you know, you kind of open it up, and and it kind of, um, oh, um, you see more of it in the communities. Then you know, and it's kind of opening and closing, and I think most people, uh, Rory, are hoping that it'll be opened up for Christmas, and that people can have some kind of a Christmas, you know. So, um, fingers crossed, and um, everyone's doing their best. So hopefully, hopefully, it'll work out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hopefully, it will. Um, and uh, how long has it been since you w- went back to Ireland, Johnny, from, from Boston? Yeah, it'd be nearly 15 years now, Roy. Um, we, came, we came home to the end of 2005 and uh, um, didn't, didn't, didn't make any money since or anything, Rory. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, geez, it's, it's time flies, Janie Mac. It, 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 I never thought, I never thought it'd be, it was 15 years, to be honest with you now. Um, but you've been busy since you went back. Evidently, you know you've uh, obviously you were you were a, a local councillor and, uh, and now you're elected to the Dáil, and uh, you know that's um, that's some some major achievements there, Johnny. But um, you know we'll talk about that. But uh, I suppose we go back to to go coming out to Boston way back when you were a youngfella. Um, you know what was it like? Same as everybody else. You kind of you left school or left college or whatever and you you kind of decided that you'd take a, a shot at heading out to the states was that it well that was more or less it rory i, I suppose in 1988 rory um over here like uh, you know you'd be working all right but you wouldn't be getting ahead like and i felt like every 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 week i, I was working i was um i was a little bit worse off than the week before instead of getting a little bit better you know so um and that was that was um that was my reasoning for going out rory and sure like when we went out to boston you, you wouldn't really have a clue how long you were going to stay I went out in July and I was saying like you know if I stay till Christmas and but I think you'd be saying that Rory in, in a hope that if you did go back that that you wouldn't be listening to a heap of abuse you know more so 
Um, but no, in in July '88, Rory, I went out there, and um, you know, the, it's very important, Rory, when you go out somewhere new, that um, you get a job. And I have to thank Oliver Briardy, like who, who gave me my first start in America. You know, very very important. Oliver was a great man with the Kerry Football Club, and he gave me a start out there, which was very very important. And in fairness, then um, his nephew Steve Collins would have picked me up and brought me to work until I I got on my feet and I got a car on my own. So um, very important to remember. Um, them people Rory and and hopefully then down the road I would have done the same for a few people myself you know uh, you know I suppose when you come out to the states it's uh, those connections from home really are, are the most important the same same as myself actually um uh you know as my mother's cousin met me at the airport I never met him in my life and you know yeah like I think I, I think I found um as I'm sure yourself that uh you know, when people do that for you, you're willing to, to help them out as well. Um, but Oliver, so Oliver was your connection um, when you came out? Well, no, I would have had um, a friend of mine would have been out there uh, before, but he would have he would have worked for Oliver when he went out as well, Tom Hand. And um, he would have he would have got me a job with Oliver, you know, so and then Oliver was involved with the Kerry Club. And, and that's how I kind of ended up playing with um, Kerry when I went out. And uh, so it was it was it was great. Like, you know, and I, um, I never forget Oliver for that. Um, he, he gave me a start and, you know, that's all you, you want or that's all you ask for, you know. And um, so, you know, and, and it was, you know, Oliver is buried um, in my own place here in Myla in, in Tremont and in uh, the Kerry Football Club have a football on, on the grave and it's lovely you know and uh, I do um, I do call in to see him in our time. Yeah I remember I remember Oliver from being here didn't know he, he was buried at home God rest him. He was a, a lovely man as far as I knew him anyway through through the involvement with the, the GAA out here um, and did you get involved with uh, you know when you came out was it kind of straight into into the Gaelic football or or you know, was that something that kind of just came after? I know, like, I had always a good interest in Gaelic football, Rory, and I would have went out, like, and I would have had an intention, would have been to play football anyway, you know, and um, yeah, I think in 88, when I went out, Rory, it was around the 18th or July and that, and I think I was actually too late for signing up for that year, you know, so I didn't, we wouldn't have played much in uh, maybe a couple of challenges and that, but we wouldn't have played much in 88, it would have been more 89 and from there on, you know. Right, right. And it kind of, did you find that it sort of, in an ironic way, getting involved with the GAA sort of kept you, kept you out in the States a bit longer than, you know, you said you wanted to, your plan was for six months or so. But uh, you get involved then with the club out here and it kind of nearly keeps you out. Would you, would you agree with that? I would, Rory. Like, I mean, uh, it's a great city, Boston. Now, you know, and I, I like, um, it was, it, you know, it was great for us. Like, um, it gave us a chance to get ahead and come home and build a house, and you know, uh, probably opportunities we wouldn't have got if we stayed at home. You know, so, um, we, we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't forget that either. You know, and um, the football was huge. Like, you know, sure we were, and then you know, the other thing, the socialising, Rory. We make people from every county in Ireland. You know, you go into the toilet and you say. Where are you from? You know, and uh, so I suppose, Rory, for a while, Rory, we were wired to the moon, but we were all right. You know, we made great friends and uh, great crack now. And I even like I'd be I'd be meeting lads there that we would have played with them times. And sure, um, even the the lads from the Shannon Blues and that now. And I'm actually I'm going to go down to Sligo some of the nights to meet Davy Ralston and a lot of the boys. You know, and yeah. sure, Davy used to be. Um, he 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 used to be um, doing some shouting and roaring at me when I was a, when, I, when we were when we were playing football. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Jeez, they were now. So you came out like <laughs> you spent about seven years with Kerry, and uh, you were, you know, a lot of the people I've been talking to on the podcast would would remember the Dilboy days, which which I think were very very different from from when we moved to Canton. Um, <clears throat> but you know, through your involvement with Kerry, um, you know, the first club you went out to in 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 Boston, you know, what what. Uh, do you have any any memories there of of successes or or any kind of abiding memories from from being involved with the club or you know any games out in Delby or anything like that? Yeah, well, I remember Rory, um, like you know when I went out, like I would have got to meet like um, some great people there with the Kerry Club, like yeah, you would have had Pete Nash, and uh, I was out last year, Rory, and actually I had a few drinks with Pete. I was out a couple of nights with him, you know, so very, you know, it was sad there um, when Pete um, died. Uh, you know, earlier on in the year, or you know, so I would have been good friends with Pete and and Pat Mulvahill would have been a good friend of mine as well. Um, Rory, who who died as well, you know, and um, you know, Connie Kelly, um, uh, Pat McGrath, there would have been um, all all Oliver Brown, you know, all those people, uh, Mick Collins, they would Joe Murphy, they would have been all involved with the Kerry Club when I went out, um, you know, so uh, and then in 1993, Rory, um, we won the Boston Championship. Uh, with Kerry and it was the first time in, in, in a good while you know and uh, um, uh, you know I, actually I think I got the player of the year that year with them so that was a good uh, bonus <laughs> Michael, <laughs> Michael Connor was the manager as well like, and Mike was a Mike would take it fairly seriously yeah 1993 was actually the first year that I played with Colm Kills and he bet us in the semi-final that year yeah, I was marking that Saigo that day, um, Rory. I think I'm still sore, you know. From, from. <laughs> I, th- I think Saigo might have, might have a scar too from that game too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a tight game. It was a tight game. I, I guess we thought if we had beaten you, we would have won. But um, he went on and won it. And uh, that Kerry had a great team, you know, throughout the 90s. They were like a serious outfit. Um Won it again in, in was it 95, 96? Kerry won it again. 96, uh, <laughs> um, Rory. Yeah, I, I, I think that was the first year we started in Mike and Espy, so it would have been gone that year. But Kerry had a good team that year. They had Tom Morrissey, uh, and um, you know, they had, I think they went through the whole year unbeaten, you know, so they were, they were, they were good teams, yeah. Uh, Tom, yeah, Tom Morrissey. He was a <clears throat> he was a bit of a he was a legend out here, all right. He was some player, um, especially out in Delby, like he just a- ate it up, you know. But um, but yeah. So there were a few a few other Mead fellas involved with with Kerry. Um, uh, so you weren't you weren't the only Mead man in the club. No, no, no. no. Mick Collins. Collins. Well, well uh, Steve Collins, Collins um, then you had um, John Farrell. Uh, I'm not sure now, Rory, um, who else? Oliver was Mead. Um, yeah, Alf was there too. I remember he was the goalie. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 96 then um, was McInnesby. Uh, and McInnesby formed as a new club. So, you know what? I suppose, obviously, you know, um, I mean, I was everybody's familiar with the story of, of Aidan McInnesby and you know how that how that resonates as a GAA person um, especially and what I suppose who was involved with forming the club and, and who came up with the idea I know you you were one of the the people who who are one of the founding members of McInnesby's yeah, well, I mean, there would have been a good few, Rory. Like, I mean, uh, Martin Harvey, Jerry McKenna, Cyril Hughes, um, 
uh, John Riley. Um, there would have been um, John Farrell. Um, there would have been a good few Rory. Like I mean, it wouldn't have been me. Like it would have been probably there would have been the guts of twenty. I remember Rory when we had our first meeting in Nashes um, to have our first AJM. There was over forty at that meeting. Like and and, and that was um, that was the that was um, the first AJM. You know, so it would have been a lot of people involved. Like you know, so um, you know, so it was more than myself. Like it was you know all the other people and probably lots more. Rory, I just um, can't think of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, forty people. I mean, that I know the GAA back in Boston. You know, was was yeah, where you, you had thirty, forty people showing up at at AGMs. But that's that's an impressive number, especially starting out a new club. Um, and do you have any insight into like you know? I, I know Jerry McKenna is is from um, you know, that part of the country, and the be would be uh, you know, would know the McInnesby family very well. Um, there was a kind of an idea that was sort of spread out there and people who wanted to get involved just, just got involved. Yeah, that was it, Rory. And um, I suppose, um, you know, it was about, it was kind of came up because Ian McInnesby was going to a football match and kind of that had, you know, that, that was a kind of um, what drawn people to it. And then, Rory, it was great, like, you know, because it wasn't um, so much the name of a county and we were inclined to get people nearly from every county in Ireland, you know. So, um, yeah, you know, you, we, we would have had them from all over the country, um, all, all 32 counties, but probably, you know, um, yeah. you know and, and in fairness, like, Rory, there's great people involved since, like, you know, who have kept the club going, like, you know, um, you know, the, the, all these other people who were involved from the beginning, and then you have new people who come in, Hoodie, um, Dermot Gormley, Derja, Derja, Derja McKenna, um, Mark McKee, um, you know, um, all those other people, uh, Stephen Ferguson, um, you know, all them other people, and lots more um, who, who, who've done um, as much work, if not more, than we ever done, Rory, to keep it going. You know yourself, like, it's one thing to start it, but to keep it going year in, year out, and keep them competitive, you know, it's a great, like, uh, and I'll tell you, Rory, um, one day um, we were going shopping up in Inniskillen, and uh, I was very proud, like, I went into the O'Neill shop in Inniskillen, and I see the McInnesby jersey hanging on the rack, you know, it was it was it was it was good like to say you know that Jesus um we were it was nice to be involved in that you know yeah yeah and it's it's twenty five years I think it twenty twenty one to be the twenty fifth year yeah or the club which is a you know quite an achievement um not only to get a club going but um you know the 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 as you as you're probably aware you know clubs out here in the states now are kind of struggling to keep it going. And um, you know, to be to be around that long is is a big achievement. Um, and Mike and Espies were, you know, in, on the Boston scene. It didn't take you long to kind of get, I suppose, get up there, so to speak. No, um, nineteen ninety seven, Rory, we were beaten in the final by the Connemara Gales, um, who had a very good team, Sean Ogdepair, and um, they, I think they had Declan Meehan, and they had a, you know, they had a, a very, very strong team, and they beat us by a pint, I think, in the final, and we had a good team, like we had, we had Joe McNally, we had. Um, uh, we had um, I don't know who else we had, but we had a, we had a, we had a very good team, like you know, and um, uh, they they beat us by a point in the final. You know, fair play to Gabe and um, all the lads who were involved with the Gales that time. You know, they were um, there was nothing, and that was in Delby, Rory. So it was uh, it was it was not an easy one, you know. But um, 
you know, fair play to them. And then um, in 1998, we, we won the Boston Championship. We bet um, Kerry in the final, and we won the North American. You know, so that was a that was a, that was that was great. Like you know, for the club, like and um, uh, that was that was one of you know our our, our, our best days. And they won it like, probably. I think they won a good few times since. You know, but yeah. that was the first one, and it was um, it was nice. You know. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I I I heard I hadn't didn't travel to um to Washington for those finals, but um uh, I had I heard in the semi final that uh, you were you were up against it against St Brendan's Chicago. Yeah. And made a big a big comeback in the second half to win it and get to the final. Yeah, we had a good team, Rory. We had we had um, we had Joe Kyle from Monaghan. We had um, Martin Sloy, Mickey Sloy. Um, actually, we had Peter Canavan in Boston that year. And now Peter didn't go to Washington, but yeah. he, would have, he we wouldn't have won the the Boston final without him. And um, uh, I don't um, I forget now, Rory. But we had um, we had um, a, a, a good team now, you know. And, and I'll tell you, Nigel Regan was. He was flying that year as well, you know. He, he was um, another another mead man, Rory. Um, yeah. <coughs> that's right. Yeah, oh, I I had the uh, <coughs> the misfortune of of trying to mark Nigel on more than one occasion myself. <laughs> Wasn't an easy thing to do, but uh, yeah, I mean that was the year Peter Canavan came. I was going to ask you about Peter Canavan, but so it's that year ninety eight he came out. I remember I remember seeing him playing out in out in uh, out in Delboy. But um, that was obviously, you know, two years after you formed, winning the North American was was massive. And then there was a, a period of um, getting to finals and kind of missing out. <laughs> Were you here for those? Those? Oh, sorry, I was probably the manager for most of them, Rory, and um, uh, that's why um, I didn't get too many of them jobs since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it, then it all turned around, you know, like an Espies were couldn't couldn't be beaten for for a while. Yeah. But um, but like everybody else now, you know, I think it's uh, you know, it's gotten to the point where you have <clears throat> a lot of stalwarts, and many of them that you mentioned, um, of the people you mentioned, just putting the work in to keep the club going, and uh, you know, credit to, to everybody, everybody involved. But uh, you were also involved on the the committee on the Boston Divisional Board. Yeah, I was I was um, I was vice was a vice chairman there for a couple of years or was it yeah, I think I was Rory um, I, was, I was on the board anyway now yeah um, for 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 a couple of years there myself and um, Jerry Pryor and Oliver Briardy and Bernie Connaughton and um, uh, a good few Raymond Brady um, I'm not sure now Rory there was there was a good there was a good crowd of us on around them times for a couple of years yeah um, yeah we 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 had a um, good crowd there as well yeah and um, the uh the well, Bernie. Bernie now is the USGAA chairman. So, like yourself, he's he's kind of elevated to to, to higher positions. Should <laughs> be know that now. Yeah, well, the best of luck to him. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. With great, great, great crack. You know, because <laughs> you wouldn't you you wouldn't trade it for anything now. You know, like of all the things we ever done, like was getting involved in football, getting involved in making an SP football club, and you know, something you always look back and with a good bit of pride, and um, you know, all the battles we had in Delby as well, and 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 Canton, and you know, um, you you'd have been you'd have been out in the field, you'd be fighting hard for that hour, but um, now Rory, we look back and we meet all these people with great crack, like and good laughs and looking back, and sure, it's great, you know. Yeah, and that's I suppose that's what the GA is is all about. You, you know, you leave it on the field, and and uh, it's just uh, you know being involved and the people you meet, the people you played against, and the people you played with. Like it, it's it's uh, it's a great life experience. Uh, 
Yeah. Rory, um, great people. Like, you know, I was out there last year and I met Joe Leiden and John McDevitt and they were people that would have been heavily involved in the GA when I was there. Like, you know, and, and you know, Pat Mulvihill was a good friend of ours, um, Rory. Um, you know, I remember Rory, um, John Hare from Galway. Do you remember him? I do, yeah. John, yeah. John, John was the person, um, Rory, who brought it up at, um, at um, a Boston uh, GA convention that the GA put their name on the Famine Memorial um, in Boston. And I think it was 30,000 at the time. And he made a speech there, like, which was very, very touching and, um, you know, very, very important, like, that the GA has their name on that Famine Memorial. And that wouldn't have been done only for um, John Herr and, um, and, and, and the board at the time, um, people like John McDevitt and, you know, who was all in, in favour of that, Rory. And that's something that will be there, Rory, when, when we're all gone, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah. John Herr um, deserves a lot of credit for that. I remember the speech he made that day now and um, came really from the heart. And someone I got to know fairly well after that, you know, and a lovely man. Yeah, I, I, I do remember John Hare and, and I do remember being at, at various functions where, where he got up to speak. And uh, yeah, definitely, um, you know, he, he kind of moved the room when he when he talked. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not surprised that, that he was behind that. He was, Rory, yeah, yeah, um, he was, and, and it was 30,000, Rory, like, it was a good lot of money at the time, you know, and, um, you know, he had the support from the board, um, you know, which was very important. I'm not sure now, Rory, the year, but, you know, that board should be very proud of what they've done, you know, because um, to have their name below on the Famine Memorial in Boston and, and um, you know, the GA associated with it is very important. And another good friend of ours out there, Rory, is is Tony and Karen Burke, you know, which you know them from, from Canton, um, good friend Tony and um, you know so all those people um, Pat Bly was another good friend of mine even though I, I broke his heart I'd say when he used to be refereeing and that <laughs> the thing about Pat was he used to give me a second chance and a third chance and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was too soft on you <laughs> um, yeah oh, oh yeah Pat God rest him he was a, an absolute gentleman um and and I remember Pat Reffin, and I actually remember a game between um, Mac and Espies and St. Colm Kills in Delboy. <clears throat> and at half time, Pat uh, collapsed in the field and had a heart attack. Do you remember that? I do, Rory. Uh, actually, Rory, I was going over to ask Pat the score at the time when that happened. And um, and and, and um, I think, you know, um, I would, I would, uh, that's what I was going out to the field. So I was actually beside Pat at that time, yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, Lynch, John Lynch intervened. I, I heard to, uh, to kind of tell the ambulance game. Yeah, there was John Lynch, and then there was a girl there. I forget her name, Rory. She was a nurse, and 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 she was she was very very good there as well. You know, she she actually um, she would have um, herself and John Lynch would have um, done a good bit that time. You know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and Pat then was he was with us for for many years after that. Thankfully. Um, but yeah, another 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 great Boston GAA man. Um, you know, recently passed. But um, Mickey Kine was another one. Rory, a good character. You know, good crack. You know, um, um, that right. Mar that Martin fella. Now he'd be he'd be he'd be he'd be. <laughs> Martin. 
Yeah, uh, wait till I tell you a good one about him now, Rory. Um, uh, I was I was going home after September 11. Do you remember? Um, people were afraid of flying and anything, you know. And um, I was I think we might have been after having a run in with the blues or something, you know. And um, I was I was getting on the plane at Christmas and everyone was half afraid. And uh, the next thing Martin sees me getting on the plane and he says, um, "At least now," he said, "I won't feel too bad if it comes down." <laughs> 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 oh, <Lord. laughs> oh, oh, I hope he was only joking or right now. I don't know whether he was or not. <laughs> he mightn't have been, you know, at the time. <laughs> but, uh, Martin is still still involved out there. Good he, crack. Um, him and Ollie Keegan and Paddy Kennelly and um, all, oh. all um, Eddie Feely. Do you see this top I have on me here, Rory? Eddie Feely gave me that last summer when I was out there in Boston. So, uh, uh, they were all good, good, good crack. Um, you know, um, we, we we get on great with them. Um, yeah, Eddie, I think he cut the head of me a couple of times with a gallon of water. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember, I remember Eddie he was dangerous, dangerous with the water. But uh, but uh, I, you know, I've been on the committee with Eddie. Um, you know, for a, a few years, and JC, he'd do anything for you. You know, yeah, uh, Eddie's Eddie's a great guy. <laughs> but uh, so he's a happy man today <laughs> after after yeah. yesterday and great in the Ulster Championship great achievement for them Rory yesterday yeah delighted for them now yeah um, 97 when they won it last and for temporary as well 85 years you know so and the year that's in it you know fair play to them yeah yeah and uh, the four semi-finalists I guess 100 years later the same counties um, again which is uh, just un- uncanny in in a lot of ways, it won't sound about me, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the match, John, and hardly made a mistake. You know, when they say make a mistake, I mean they hardly put a pass wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I don't think I don't think there were too many too many teams going to uh, to do damage to Dublin on on Saturday evening anyway. Oh, um, but but Mead, there was a few guys on that Mead team. Um, who had, who played in Boston recently? Uh, Ronan Jones was one. Thomas O'Reilly another. Keno so they both played with the Wolf Tones out here a couple of years ago, and uh, the year Dermot Connolly was here with Donegal. And then there was uh, Keith Sullivan that had a run. So um, you know, and and I would, would I suppose uh, uh, kind of the feeling I get was for Mead football that hopes you know. People were feeling encouraged at how how it was coming on. We thought Saturday's game aside, you know. Yeah, we would have thought, Rory, that we were making we were making headway, you know. And um, but sure, that that's Dublin is an exceptional team, you know. Like you don't win five All Ireland medals in a row, you know, and probably um, it'll take a good team to stop them now this year as well, you know. So it's an exceptional Dublin team, and well, you know, and and uh, you know the thing talking about the at the beginning here, you mentioned the coronavirus and and the lockdown and all that. Just having the Having the inter county championship as a, as a diversion must be must be something that that helps at home. Uh, definitely, Rory. Like you know, to be watching the GA at the weekends there, like and uh, to see the celebrations, like you know, in Cavan and Tipperary and um, and 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 you know, most of the county, uh, the country, um, shouting for those teams and to see them coming through. You know, it, it definitely um, the GA, Rory. No matter where you go in the world, it does definitely give people a lift. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, well, even out here, you know. Um, I said to John Farrell, <laughs> told him I was looking forward to the game on Saturday. 
<laughs> and I think half time he texted me, <laughs> and he just he, he was he was I think he was a little disappointed with how how it was going. And you know, <clears throat> I suppose from a Dublin Dublin supporters perspective, you know, you kind of uh, I think he, Kieran Whelan said it at at the end of the match. You know, you're you're. You know, while it's great to go out and watch them, you, you still like to see uh, a, a good, good competitive matches. But, you know, I suppose that's where we are at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And an exceptional team. It's up to everyone to try and catch up with them. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the, you moved back to um, to Ireland 2005, you said? Two thousand, The end of 2005, or yeah, 2005. Yeah. And, and like, what was, was, was that one of those kind of decisions where you, you kind of thought, well, well, if I don't go now, I won't ever go. Was it kind of one of those things? Well, uh, the way it was, Rory, like, um, we, had, we had four kids and, and they're all saying, like, you know, if, if, if we stayed any longer, the kids would probably never live in Ireland. You know, that mightn't have been a bad thing either, but um, it was just kind of give them an option, like, you know, that they could, um, they could, they could stay here and then they're, they're all born in America, you know, so they have the option, you know, to um, go if they want to go. But um, the oldest one would have been around eight when we came home, you know, and, and um, that's the way we would have been thinking, Rory, that was if we stayed any longer, um, that that they they wouldn't want to come home and um so that that, that was more so the reason than anything you know right right and um how did you find it now because i've heard i've heard people saying it it uh, you know the move from after you've lived in the states for a while to go back to ireland is nearly a bigger adjustment than it was to come to the states the first time would, would you say that was true well, I would worry, but you see, Rory, those two things that I um, that I knew um, that you you know was was an, was going to be um, in Ireland when I came, and that was um, one was the weather. Like, if you're going to come over here and complain about the weather, well, then stay where you are, you know. And and the other thing, then, Rory, was um, money. Like, you know, if you you know yourself, like if you if you if you're over here, um, for most people, um, you know, you're surviving. Like, you're paying your bills, and you know, um, if you think you're going to make a fortune or anything, like, you know again um, and yeah. stay where you are um, they would have been the two things Roy that I would have known um, before we came home that uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't for those reasons that we moved home you know and, and um, I would say that to anyone Roy if you're going to complain about money or the weather you know um, I wouldn't bother um, coming you know that that was the way I looked at it anyway you know? yeah. yeah and did you find it did you find it easy to settle back in <clears throat> I was like, um, you know, it was hard enough for like, you know, we we had a great time in Boston, like, you know, and and um, it was a great city, and um, it was it was, you know, you'd always um kind of get ahead, and you know, it definitely um would have been easy, but a good help really was that the kids were happy in school, and you know, all all that kind of thing was a help, you know, and um, I suppose really in the long run, it's not all about money, and you know, if you have your health, and 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 you know, that's number one. On, you know so um you know we're, we're happy out rory and and um like we went back to boston last year rory for three or four weeks and i will tell you it was it was the best holiday we had in 15 years like you know and meeting people and having the crack and you know um yeah. it was it was it was great it was great to meet you know people like pete nash and joe Layden and john mcdevitt and all those people like it would have been uh would have been knowing them well through the ga you know when i was there yeah um and uh you got involved with the so do, do you went back to kind of old castle where you where you where you're from originally yeah well my my club rory would be a mile we'd be outside about five miles from old castle old castle would be the town we'd be the village you know and um we would have um went back there um when when we came home yeah 
and you got did you I, I imagine you, you kind of jumped back in with the the club and all of that yeah I would have um, Rory I would have um, got, within a couple of years I would have managed the club for a couple of years and then I went down and managed a, a club in Cavan for a couple of years and uh, and so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too much involved in the J now at the minute but I go yeah. to the games and um, I go to meet games and I'd, I'd go to any chance I get I'd go to games and that you know but um, yeah. not involved and it was Mount Nugent you managed in Cavan was that yeah, the yeah it was Rory yeah I yeah. won a championship with them I heard well, we won the league. We were behind the. We were behind the in the final. Uh, the you know. So. Yeah, yeah. And were you reffing for a bit? You were kind of the other side of the coin to. <laughs> well, I done, a, um, I done a bit of it, Rory. Um, I didn't. Uh, it was like a, a lot of things, Rory. It didn't last too long. <laughs> but, um, I know. I, I like it myself, Rory. I kind of learned too many bad habits in Boston. Like you know, I was a bit like um, Pat Bly. I was given as a chance, and uh, oh, yeah. and if you're um, kind of doing that as a referee, uh, you shouldn't be a hat, you know. And and um, yeah. so quit it, you know. And um, but no, I done it for a little while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons. <laughs> one of the reasons I wouldn't go near referee, and I'd be too soft. Yeah. <laughs> then the then the thing gets out of control. Um, and you were also. Uh, I believe um, organised uh, a fifty-mile run, the mile of fifty-mile challenge. Yeah, Rory. I'll tell you another thing, Rory. That um, we're very, very proud of here now. It's actually it came from America, Rory. Um, the JFK fifty-mile challenge. Uh, John F. Kennedy challenged the military in the in the early sixties to walk fifty mile with their backpacks um, to 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 bring them bring the military back to fitness and um, so. Um, we 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 started that Rory about um, 2012 I think was the first year like and I know again Rory with a great committee like it would have been would have been up to 30 of us here you know started it like and it's something that we're very very proud of Rory we've, we've raised um, 800,000 like um, since we started and I've no doubt like we would have hit a million this year like only for um, only for um, COVID you know and uh, that's 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 uh, something that we're very very proud of here now as well you know and. Uh... That's um, uh, that's a uh, for cancer research. That's sort of yeah. money. Right? Yeah, most money goes. Well, it all goes to cancer. Like you know, eighty percent of it goes to the Irish Cancer Society, and then we kind of keep twenty percent local. You know, so um, right. local, local cancer charities, but it all goes to cancer. You know, and um, uh, so um, the mile JFK fifty mile challenge we, we call it or um, so it was John F Kennedy JFK fifty mile challenge in America, but we. Yeah, so, but it's I know it's great. Like we have people from the thirty-two counties. We actually people from America um, doing it, Rory. We have people from England. We have people from Holland. You have people from all over. You know. um, yeah. yeah, it's great. Like um, yeah, it is. that's a great, uh, great thing thing you did. Um, you know, taking and I, I suppose something you saw over here and and bringing it back home and and having so many people at home, like enthusiastic to get involved with it. Well, uh, like uh, I wouldn't like to think it was me, Rory. <laughs> I'd like to, I could take the credit, Rory, but it was about with the first meeting again, Rory, with about thirty people I had, uh, and and they're all still involved since, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you wouldn't be um, too long, Rory, until they be telling you now if 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 they, if they heard that it was me that started it. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he think he is? I, but no, I know great committee, Rory. A brilliant yeah. committee. I'm one of the. It's great to be involved in it, like, and it's nice to. Just give something small back as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so you, you uh, how did you now? You know, we all know you're you're now Johnny Gurk TD for for me the West. Um, how did you 
get involved in in politics, I suppose. I know you you were a councillor for for a, a good few years. Well, I tell you, Rory, um, I don't know how it happened, um, but it happened by uh, chance. Um, we were down in in actually in 2014, I think, when I ran for the council uh, in my own area of North Mead. It's funny how things work out. Like the roads would have been in very bad condition, you know, and we got a bit of a roads campaign going. And yeah. Uh, then um, somebody asked me would I run for the council I had no interest in it like to tell you the truth now and um, I said no I have no interest and they, then they asked me a couple of times and eventually I said I'd go for it anyway so I ran for it anyway and I got um, elected and um, then <laughs> uh, so I, I got re-elected in 2019 to the council and um, that, was, that was that was how I ended up on the council you know So you, you got not only elected but re-elected which is <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Which is the sign someone thinks you're doing something right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, but you must have, you know, through being involved at, 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 on the local council, um, you know, did you find that, you know, being involved in, in any of your admin jobs, you know, like with a, a club or with the board over here or anything like that helped you, you know, when you got involved in, in more the like local politics definitely Rory like you know when you're on committees and that like you know you get an idea how to run meetings you get an idea how to deal with people you know and and, and all that like you know which was um that'd be crucial like you know when you be involved in the in the, in the politics end of it like and you know um meeting people and the, the local council was good for me because I, c- I could concentrate a lot on on my own areas and and kind of make a difference like you know get a few pounds spent in areas where it wouldn't have been spent if you weren't there you know yeah. and, and that's what i got out of it Rory like a you know, I would have, I would have um, fight, fight, fought my corner, like to, you know, first was it kind of get improved the roads, and then um, areas like you know my old castle and areas like that, I would have got a few pound to um, give those areas a bit of a lift, and that's what it, that's what you get out of the council, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you, you get a lot of satisfaction out of just seeing what you're doing make a difference to to your your the people in your in your localities lives yeah that's it rory like you know and 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 you'd be getting you know people would be on to you if there was anything that they taught through council work that you could help them with on that and um you know it was like it was nice to, it was nice to do that like and i enjoyed that when i was at it you know and, yeah. Yeah. and then you got you got uh i guess you decided to run for for the doll well, again, Rory, like I had no intention of that either, and and, and that's the truth. Um, the, the, you know, there was um, actually there was there was somebody else picked to run, like you know, and um, then yeah. they pulled out of it for some reason, whatever reason, and and then I suppose I was a kind of um, an option then for them because my vote went up in the local council and that you know, and and uh, they asked me to run, and again I didn't really. It, I didn't really want to run, Roy, to tell you the truth now, you know, I hadn't that much, um, but I, I ended up on our run, and, and, and I am where I am, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and congratulations and, and, and fair play to you. I mean, <clears throat> I suppose when when I would have seen you running for it and I would, you know, I'd be talking to people at home and tell them I know, I know the fella going for, for that seat. And uh, my own impression just from, you know, your years out here was that you you were the type of guy who who would uh, would just you know once you decide to do something you're going to get it done and I'm not here to sing your praises either but um you know but uh, when you look at your your constituency and and the people there and and I suppose you know I suppose that's what what drives you 
you know, now that you are involved. Oh, yeah, that's it, Rory. Like, you know, um, try and make a difference, Rory. Like, you know, to be honest, like, because I'm, I'm not going to be at it, Rory, like, when I'm, you know, um, after, you know, for, for I, I, I don't intend to be at it, like, a long, long term anyway, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's not up to me. It's probably up to the people more than it is to me. But, right. you know, um, but when you are there, Rory, like, it's to, it's to try and make a difference for the people that elected you, you know, and, and see if you can make a difference to the lives of the people in Mead West, you know, and that's, that's, that's that's what I intend to do and try anyway. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's kind of a, a you know going back to the COVID. I suppose you know you were elected in twenty twenty. Well, no, uh, when did you actually take? Yeah, your... it was twenty February twenty twenty, Rory. So it wouldn't be even a year there yet now. Yeah. Yeah, and you've you've kind of you're trying to 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 get to you know do your job with the the coronavirus at play, and I'm sure that's made it made it tougher for you um but has there been anything you know and you didn't expect or any you know any surprises about it about being a td that or any expectations you had that maybe weren't didn't prove to be true so far i know you're you're still you're only there but yeah, well, it would have been like Rory. There would have been like we would have we would have campaigned on a few issues, like you know, and we will be campaigning on them, and hopefully, like that, um, you get some movement on them over your time there. You know, like there 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 would have been a big issue. Would have been the railway line from Navan to Dublin, like you know. Yeah. Uh, you know it's a huge issue like and it's something that's coming up for review shortly like and we'll try and do my best to keep it on the agenda and keep it keep it uh, you know at the top of people's minds and keep every chance i get i try and mention it in the doll um you know uh, that and we would have been always saying worried that our county was underfunded from government you know and we would have been these would have been things like you know that we would have been shouting about um uh, you know different things with hospitals and you know be trying to make sure that there's no downgrade in the hospital services in the, within the county and mm-hmm. you know all that stuff lack of guardy in the county you know all that stuff like you'd be and um, they'd be same, same issues probably for a lot of people but um there'd be issues that we'd be trying to keep on the agenda and see if we can um, you know fight our corner yeah yeah <laughs> um well, best of luck with uh, with your your job as TD and uh, and fighting for your constituents. Um, and you know, you mentioned you, you kind of stay in touch with the GAA, but and Boston is. I, I suppose is there anything when you think about about Boston, um, you know, in your time, the time you you spent here, like anything that you you jumps out as what you'd miss about the place, and you don't have to when, mention weather or or the money. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Rory, the, like you, you know, no matter where we went, like Jesus, you're a great crack. Like you know, you go into Nashes, you go into, um, um, you know, Molly Darcy's in South Boston. Mike, Mike, Mike Foley was another fellow who was going to the Macanespies when we were there. Like you know, um, all those places, and then going in, Rory, meeting people from every different county. Like you know, it was great. Like and no matter where I go now here, Rory, I always seem to meet somebody that I knew before. You know, and I don't think I've ever um, left Ireland. You never know people really outside of your own locality you know so uh, yeah. no matter where I go now or if you know and go to Dublin or I can go to Kerry or I always we always know somebody you know and I think I think that's great you know and um, I enjoy that anyway and I enjoyed, I enjoyed all the crack I would have had with the boys through the years like you know and when you think back of it Rory like um, I, I remember um, I think Peter Canavan said about us <laughs> one time in 1998 we were the only crowd he ever played with that he had to calm us down before we went out <laughs> 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 I'd saying something. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I was, uh, yeah, well, definitely, you know, back in I suppose the days when we were, we would have been players, you know, I was there around the same time playing at least. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, you, you, you can't beat it. But, um, but anyway, remember we, um, we went out to your part of the country um, with the Fela team a few years ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Challenge match against. Um, now I'm not sure because you know I, <laughs> growing up in Dublin, I wouldn't have been been as familiar with that part of the country, even though it was fairly close by. But we played a, a challenge match against us at Inigales. Yeah, Inigales, or yeah, that would have been our club and Balnacree, John Farrell's club. The two of them joined up together for underage, you know. And, and yeah, I remember I met a good few years that time as well. Mossy Murphy, um, um, Eamon, Eamon, uh, Eamon from uh, we all there, Kelly, Eamon Kelly, sorry. And uh, yeah, there would have been met a good few of the boys at that time, yeah, for a bit of crack. The other good thing, Rory, we done in um, in 2005 was we brought the interprovincials to Boston, uh. Through, through through the board and that you know and and, and that was nice. Um, uh, Martin Donnelly was over the interprovincials and I think it was um, Leinster and Munster in the in the hurling um, in in two thousand and five and we had a great like um, that was great like it was um, we had a great banquet we had a um, great night that night as well you know and that day um, and a good good crowd like about five thousand people in 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 Canton for that you know and, and the other people the other person Rory who deserves a good bit of credit in fairness as well is is Michael Connor like you know who would have got that cultural centre up and running you know in fairness to him and uh, and lots of others um, but I remember Mike would have been one of the driving forces behind the cultural centre at the time yeah. and 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 um, uh, Sonny. Uh, um, uh, Sonny from Galway, what it was, uh, um, yeah, yeah, them boys would have been well involved, you know. And look at what you have today now, you know, fair play to them all, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's definitely, um, I mean, Canton, the facilities in Canton are, are like you know, a five star hotel compared to, to where we used to be in, in Delboy, but um, but that inter provincial, I remember be, the curtain raiser was a match between. Football match between New York and and a Boston team that we put together. Yeah, were, I think you were involved with with running that that uh, Boston team. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been on the line anyway <laughs> during the match, and uh, I think I think we Boston beat New York that day, which was which was huge for us. You know, New yeah. York were, were competing in the um, the Connacht Championship at the time, but. Uh, but there were some great players in Boston, you know, at the time back in back in those days. No, there was. I remember Rory, like um, in in one year there, like we would have had a full forward line. Uh, well, we mightn't have had them all the one year, but Joe McNally, Peter Canavan, you know, um, Nigel Regan, like there, you wouldn't you wouldn't get them yeah, much better in Ireland, you know. Um, yeah, and and um, I was talking to Paddy Kearney actually. He probably would have been over that New York team at the time, Rory, like a, a good character, Paddy from Longford or from Kerry. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he 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 left a message on my phone there a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't get I didn't get chatting to him yet. But um, yeah, he was good, Paddy Paddy, a nice fellow as well. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great days. All right, Johnny. Well, thanks very much, uh, and um, best of luck with uh, best of luck with your endeavours uh, representing Mead West. Thanks a million, Rory, and, and, and best and, of luck to Mead football too. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 leave that one for now, Rory. <laughs>
Thank you, Johnny, and we wish you all the best representing your constituents in Mead West. So now it's on to speak with Paula and Sharon about Camogie region and plans for the revival of the game. Both Paula and Sharon were heavily involved with Aira Oak and Emerald Isle Camogie clubs, which were very successful clubs in the Northeast, but the sport has fallen on leaner times recently. We look, but we look forward to the formation of a club for 2021 and seeing Camogie back on the fields of Boston and beyond. Now, thanks to Sharon O'Brien and Paula Callahan for joining us uh, for episode four to talk a little bit about Camogie in the Boston area. Um, there was a time fairly recently when there were two successful Camogie clubs in the region, Emerald Isle and Era Oak. And unfortunately, we haven't had a Camogie club for the last few years, but there are plans afoot to revive Camogie in the region. And we'll be talking to Paula and Sharon about that. Both are involved on the committee to start a new club. So, Sharon, uh, thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, when it comes to Camogie, can you just tell us a, a little bit about how you got involved? I mean, were you a family or an area that was involved in the GAA in general or Camogie in particular? Oh, yes. Um, I mean, I came from Enniscorthy in County Wexford and, you know, my father was a huge hurling man and he watched every game, went to every game that we that he could when we were all growing up. So I think it was just going to be fate that I was going to learn how to play camogie. And uh, it turned out I was actually OK at it. And then I came to Boston in 1994. So I've been here quite a while now. And um, I was having breakfast in the Kells one morning in Brighton and Rini Bly happened to be there and she heard me talking and she said, hey, do you play camogie? And I said, actually, I do. And she said, come on, come on down. Got to come down and try out. And I was like, OK, I'll, I'll go down and try out. <laughs> and um, that was uh, one Sunday morning up in um, St. John's. We used to train at St. John's at the time, and those were great days in St. John's. Yeah. And and that's where it all started. I think I joined in 96. I think I was here a good year and a half before I found out there was camogie. Mm, wow. But yeah. Rini uh, <laughs> certainly didn't miss the opportunity. No. No. <laughs> no, she sure she surely didn't. You didn't necessarily come out here with the intention of playing camogie. It's something you kind of fell into by chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I came out here to um, to study for a year, you know, 26 years ago, and obviously I never went back. But um, yeah, I didn't even know there was camogie out here at the time. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's obviously something that, because you, you know, you stuck with it, and I know you were a big part of uh, the Air O Club. And, you know, with your involvement with getting a new club going, you know, it's obviously something you 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 didn't regret. <laughs> no, I, I definitely didn't, Rory. Uh, it was one of the best decisions I ever made growing up was playing camogie. I yeah. wouldn't change it for for anything. No. Good. Yeah. And Paula, now I know Paula, you're from Galway. What part of Galway are you from? Um, I'm from Galway City, uh, Newcastle area. So. Um, I uh, like Sharon. My dad was a very big. He was actually dual player, football and hurling. Um, he has an All Ireland medal uh, for in for the minors in 1960 for Galway. Wow. Um, so uh, very much in football, uh, hurling the whole time. And I think I definitely took after him when it comes to sport. Um, 
I actually played for the back then it was very hard to find a city team and um, there was a woman by the name of Nora Nona McHugh who was a great uh, camogie player herself won many All-Irelands for Galway started up a club when we were very very young and carried it as long as she could once that disbanded because you needed the help back then and, and there wasn't a lot of uh, city camogie so I ended up going to Ordenmore uh, for my second part of my camogie years and uh, there was a great man by the name of John James Fury. Uh, rest in peace he passed away there I think a couple of years ago um, and he used to come into Galway and pick me up and drive me out to Ordmore for training sessions and bring me home again. And that, that's how dedicated, it, you know, I mm. was to the camogie and him for, you know, taking care of me and picking me up. And then uh, we I we had some good years there and then that disbanded. And that's what brought me to Boston. Um, Athenry camogie, I joined them. I don't even think I played a game on the field with them. They were taking a trip to here in 1990 and it ended up that they couldn't uh, travel. And one other girl and myself got on the flight. Noreen Tracy was her name. And I came to Boston. And at the time, I was only coming out for a holiday. And I ended up liking it a little bit too much. And here I am 30, 30 years later. Um, but I got, uh, I actually uh, went to Dorchester. And uh, a girl by the name of Frances Fahey, who was very involved in the camogie, um, got me involved right away. And uh, that's how it all started and it was a big part of my life and I think um, I got very involved in the football as well but Camogie was the first one and you know to be honest with you it was it would be very hard to leave here back then to go back home because everybody was like family to you took care of you and we had some great games against uh, Airog and some uh, amazing times and I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't change it for, for to move back to Ireland right now anyway it was just a great great time. <laughs> Yeah, so kind of unlike Karen, it was Camogie that, that brought you out. It brought me out, and I understand <laughs> I had a, a different jobs um, uh, along the way, and I actually ended up getting my visa shortly after, which was great. Um, so I ended up getting to stay here legally, which is, uh, you know, I can't say it for everybody, but... Um, right. Um, and right now in my career, I'm in real estate for the last 18 years, and um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great decision to stay. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the things... Kind of, and I don't know if you agree, but um, sort of uh, the irony of being involved with the GAA, which you would think if you leave Ireland, you're going to miss it big time, is that when you come somewhere like Boston, for example, and there's plenty of other cities, at least, at, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, you get involved with the GAA club and it kind of almost keeps you here. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. But yeah, they were yeah. those women back then were like family to all of us. I mean, they brought us everywhere. They helped us out. They made sure we were okay. They checked in on us like your mo like your mother would. Yeah, I would couldn't have done it without them. Yeah, um, Sharon, you're so Paula, you're from Galway. Sharon, you're from Wexford. But Sharon, you're the club you joined era Oak. You know, it had been on the go for for quite a while since 1977, as, as we mentioned before we before we started the show but um heavy Galway involvement there with with the Aero Camogie Club oh yes uh huge involvement with the Aero with from Galway some of the names uh that popped to my head are Marion Conroy Rini Handley um um Joe Handley Chris Handley a lot of sisters there um I can't think of any other Galway ones. I can think of later Galway girls that came out, but yeah. And um, 
Uh, so Paula with Emerald Isle, you know, I I I just recalls a couple of the the players there, and there was the legendary Val Fitzpatrick involved. Cork won, but and that was that was you know I think nineteen. 1984 uh, or so, Emerald Isle formed. Um, and where most of the, the people in, in Emerald Isle have been from, or was there a particular county? Uh, well, when, in in the early uh, when I before I got here, uh, there was a, there was girls actually they were from all over. I think uh, there was quite a few Galway girls in it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Francis Fahey was from Galway. Uh, the great Val Fitzpatrick was the Cork woman, like you said. Uh, Eleanor Brennan was uh, tip, uh, from Tipperary, and her father won many All Irelands for Tipperary mm-hmm. uh, senior. Um, there was uh, Karen uh, McCormick, Karen Ryan McCormick, rest in peace. And her, she was a very big part of the um, the Arog, also from Galway. And Teresa Hobbs was from Wexford. Um, Tony Doran's sister-in-law. Um, so there was quite a few uh, people from Goy. Like I literally, to be honest with you, when I uh, got off the plane in Boston and not knowing what to expect, I just remember the heat hitting me first. And I was like, whoa, it's really warm here. You have to play camogie this kind of, these temperatures. Yeah. But I literally moved into an apartment with five Galway girls. Um, Francis Bahi being one of them that took really good care of me. Uh, but I felt most people were from all over, but there was a, diff- a good chunk of them from, from Galway. So yeah. Um, yeah, but that, like Sharon said earlier, they really did take care of us, like family. We went everywhere together. We played camogie together. We partied after together and we stuck together. It was just uh, definitely one big family. Oh, yeah. And, and great camogie games. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of going to get to that. There must have been. I, I know I obviously, you know, in my position as a reporter, I, I would have seen and reported on some of those games. But <clears throat> there must have been... Um, you know, a big, a big rivalry there between the two clubs. Um, you know, any any kind of uh, games in particular, or you know, victories or losses that you might remember in any of those games. Uh, I I can share my big loss. Uh, it took me quite a while to get over this loss. We were we were playing in Delboy, um, which was the very first place where Camogie was played before uh, Canton, and uh, Emerald Isles were up by two points, and it was about a minute to go, and there was a ball hit along the ground and uh, Karen Ryan, again, Lord of Mercenaries, she went to put, picked just an easy shot, went to actually get the ball. And when she put a hurl down, it just literally went past the hurl and trickled through her feet into the back of the net. And Aero won that game by a point. And it was a final. And let me tell you, I it was heart. We were just we were heartbroken. What could you do? But you, it's a memory that sticks out for me. But we've yeah. had some good ones, too. But. That was in a nail biter of a game, and it's the last that I remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's funny. Actually, one of the the first um, the first one of these podcasts I did actually was talking to uh, Sean Og Dupuere, another Galway man, and and he did say that in spite of winning two All Irelands, was the one he lost after that the, yeah. team, the team he was on lost that sticks with him. So Sharon, <laughs> how about you? Well, I remember playing at the festival. Back then it was in Stonehill. Was it the Stonehill College? Yes. And do you remember it had the American goals? And I was the goalie at the time. And we were winning. We were beating um, Emeralds at the time. And this ball came in and I stood back to let the ball. I was the goalie at the time. And I stood back to let the ball, as I thought, go out wide and it wasn't it was the middle bar of the american goals <laughs> and we lost that game <laughs> that was 
that was heart heartbreaking for me. Uh, yeah, I can imagine, mm-hmm. um, and especially when you know it's kind of a I don't know an unfortunate goal that ends up yeah losing the game. It's, it, that can be hard to take. It was it was um, awful. But both clubs, you know, as I recall, um, there were also a couple of clubs from New York. And uh, mm-hmm. as far as I remember, the, there was a regional tournament, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, to see who might go to the North American finals. Was that the way it worked? Yeah. Yeah. So We, uh, have, we had our own board here in the Northeast. It was called the Northeast Camogie Association. And we played weekend tournaments kind of all year where we would go to Washington, D.C. to play for a weekend and like a round robin. And then we'd go to New York and then they'd come up here. And it was based on a point system. And then we had a final and it, the final had to change every year. But yeah. And then if you won that, then you got to go to North America. Yeah. And it was extremely competitive. Yeah. Yeah. And, I remember. I remember couple of teams from New York went up and that that so that finals usually played over the same weekend yes yeah um, well mm-hmm. sorry uh, yeah I think there was one yeah. time or it was a Saturday Sunday we had it for the we had our own camogie board as well back then so we right. decided when they uh when the finals were held and then depends if it was in New York at no point in going back and you know down and back so we, there was one weekend that we had a big uh, tournament up in, in New York. In um, It was actually Gaelic Park, Sharon. And yeah. uh, we played on the Saturday and we had the finals in Gaelic Park, which is actually a great, it was for women's camogie, it was, it was fantastic to actually get get the uh, the time slot in Gaelic Park prime time. And um, that was all in one weekend, yeah. which was... Good uh, way to showcase the game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, I know the Boston clubs, like both your clubs, uh, Emerald Isle and Era Oak, were you know were very successful, if I recall, in in terms of not only you know competing in the North Americans, but uh, but winning some as well. I'm not sure how many the Emerald Isle have. We have a few, um, but you know, in in keeping the competitive uh, of Camogie, we also had uh, you know we had players come out which made it very competitive when we had players coming out from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that would make it even more competitive, more fun. Um, and there was some fantastic games and both sides, you know, we were all wondering who's going to bring who over. And that's right. where, and these were county players that would come over for the summer and go back with the best memories. And, um, you know, even you'd learn even from them, but that was, that's how it was then, not so much today. And we'll probably talk about that later, but, uh, yeah, it was it was great to have some different players from different counties, uh, county players coming over to play and help the clubs. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and Sharon, yeah? I was just going to say, it. I mean, it was very competitive between us and the Emeralds and um, St. Mary's in Chicago on who would bring out the sanctioned players and <laughs> who got to who first. And, you know, back then there was really no restrictions on us and it was it made for a really, really great summer. And yeah. um, just things have just changed over the years now that it's a bit more, you know, controlled. Mm-hmm. But even if it wasn't controlled now, I don't think it'd still be the same. I still think it's kind of lost its luster. Yeah, yeah. I And I think in a general sense, I mean, I'd agree with you in that, you know, even for, you know, senior football here, for men senior football, you know, mm-hmm. you've games but but 
when when I suppose back in the day you had a little bit more continuity where you had the same kind of core group of people with each club playing against each other year over year and um you know you don't really have that as much now um, and that probably would would be the case with Camogie um if it were still you know still going or had continued it would have probably continued in the same vein yeah yeah um but yeah so I think um we've we've had a period now I'm not sure how many years it's been since I know era Og was the later of the two clubs to, to stop fielding teams. Um, I assume it was pretty much the same story. You know, people go back to Ireland, people kind of, people settle down, people get a little bit older. It's just mm. hard to get players. Probably the same story for both clubs, would you say, Paula? Yes, absolutely. As far as uh, bringing it back now again, um, uh, it, it'll be tough because I often hear people uh, saying, well, maybe you could get Val Fitzpatrick and Eleanor Brendan back playing. I'm thinking, do people know these girls have, you know, much, they don't have the legs anymore um, and we need a new generation. But, you know, like Sharon said earlier, um, it was a lot. It was, more, you know, now it's more controlled. You have to, first of all, the biggest part is bringing players over from Ireland is the visas. You know, now you come over and it's like, you're lucky if you get to stay here for the 90 days and what's happening, people go back before the finals. And so you might have a great run and then it would, uh, these players that you depended on uh, might have to go back because they had a, a visa that was about to run out and they're not going to jeopardize their, you know, their, um, visa to get back here again in, a, in the following year or whenever they want to come visit Boston again um, or the US for that matter so yeah and it's it's very different um, it's very different in uh, even the players themselves like you know we when we trained we trained whereas it's very different today as far as you have nutritionists you have you know physios <laughs> There's a lot of things that you'd wonder would they expect the same if they come here today. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, but Sharon, what? what yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. There's, it's, 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 it's a step above amateur level at home. I, I really believe it is, and you know, fair play to them. I think it's great, and you know, it is kind of moving forward with the times, and it is kind of keeping everybody motivated and healthier in Ireland, but. You know, when you look at American sports, they kind of have that too. Mm -hmm. It's just we don't have it over here in our organization. So right. it's it's kind of I think that's why the youth league over here has such a hard time really, really flourishing. It's because you have because you have so many other sports over here that are very competitive and very aggressive in their recruiting and you know scholarships. You know, and yes, scholarships and, and all of that stuff. And yeah. I, I think we have a hard time competing with it. Uh, yeah. And I, I, Paula mentioned scholarships. I think when it comes, you're really the job when you're looking at underage, trying to put the parents to yes. kids up. And, uh, you know, if you've got parents who think their children have a chance at a college, that's the spot they're going to go to. And there's, you know, what can you do about that? Um you know, but on the on the plus side, and I kind of just thinking about um, starting up or reviving the game in the area. You know, obviously with both of yourselves and some of the people that you mentioned, Eleanor Brennan for one. Um, you know, you have a mm -hmm. high level of expertise. You know, and people with knowledge of the game and how it's played, and who've been there and played it at a high level. Um, 
And in, in New England, I, I guess on the hurling front, there are five hurling clubs which draw, you know, 90% of their players from, from uh, locals, you know, yes. America. And um, when it comes to starting reviving Camogie, well, apart from that, if you look around the country and, and you look at New York, right? So New York have, and with two new clubs, I think. You now, one of them's a junior club. Annie Moores, I believe. Uh, and there are some other areas where you see Camogie kind of popping up in, you know, Milwaukee and Washington, D.C. And um, I think Philadelphia might have kind of got it going again. Do you see hopes of kind of trying to get it going again along the same vein with recruiting from local, trying to get some local interest going from players who want to pick it up or start the game or, or even drawn on the youth league here? You know, where you might have some girls coming through the system that would want to play at an adult level. Well, I'll tell you, I'm I'm actually I'm very excited to be a part of this new Camogie Club. Um, I think you feel like a part of you is, is it's not that it's missing. It's just that you feel like, oh, I wish there was a Camogie Club and I wish yeah. we could do more and I wish we could do this, that and the other. And I was very excited um, when um, Frankie Maloney called me there last year and said, look, we're, this is what we're trying to do. Um, would you be interested in it? And I was just like, absolutely. I'd love to be involved in it. And then when I heard Paula was going to be involved in it, it gets you a little bit more excited because you have somebody who has um, some expertise on knowing what it takes to run a club. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the, the players are, are kind of, they're, they use, they're flocking to this. To be honest, they they I I think we have about twenty nine people registered right now, wow. um, and I think it's going to be really great. Um, unfortunately, the year we had with COVID, um, mm -hmm. we were all put at a standstill. But we're we're definitely looking to have the North American Finals here next year to have some competitive, you know, junior. We're definitely junior, some competitive yeah. junior camogie games. Um, in 2021 and see where that brings us yeah oh, that's that's amazing that's awesome I didn't you know I'd heard that the club was starting up at and heard that you had that level of interest um the 29 people off the bat um yeah. where are the players coming from like are they you know kind of some Irish girls who've been living here a while or most <laughs> girls or... Um, go ahead Paula the first meeting that we had, actually, there was a girl from Connecticut, Rhode Island. That's why we actually called it the New England uh, Finians, because we weren't just in the Boston area. And I thought that was that first day that we were just having that basic meeting, uh, the excitement of the girls. And I think one of them actually used to live in Chicago, I think, ended up moving here. Great mm -hmm. camogie player, because we actually went out and poked around and they were very excited. It wasn't like they had to be taught. And these are American-born girls. Yeah. but they actually played uh, Komogi before. So um, I think that was a great sign, knowing that they're part of this and they know what the game is about. Um, but yeah, so there's girls from all over. And then we had girls that just moved here from uh, Ireland that were in the mix and are very excited. So I think, you know, as Sharon said, we're excited because I think uh, Komogi is such a great sport. And, and, you know, I've had friends come to Canton to watch the game and they're just like, oh my God, this game is is crazy and mm -hmm. if there's any parent that's listening to this or uh whatever like you know now we have helmets and they're mandatory when we played they weren't but anyway you know so you're protected and you're taught how to, to block and you're taught how to hook and you're taught 
And that's, I think sometimes people get scared off, you know, when you have to clash the F and you're pulling on the ball that as a younger child, parents might get a little nervous. Oh, oh my God, is my child going to get hit with that stick is their first thing. But I think we have to get them in young, just like the youth league and bring it up from there. And that's what's going to bring Camogie back is yeah. we can't be relying on the older generation. And when I say older, I'm talking about people in their 20s, 30s. We have to get them in young and bring and that's if we can start off there and get in the uh, many of our friends out there that have kids getting them in now. And they've often said to me, God, I'd love my daughter to play camogie. And when you hear that, you're like, you feel like, you know what, I should be doing something about this. I should be getting involved. And I just hope like hopefully 2021 will be a, a different year because we were very excited to get it going this year. But unfortunately with COVID, it's put everybody to a halt in, in the GA. Um, so I think getting them started at that young age is going to be, um, is going to be key to a successful camogie in Boston again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's where it starts. I think we've we've all seen how quickly time can go by and, and players kind of, you know, just mm -hmm. get to continue. Um but uh, and and it's interesting that you mentioned a lot of the, 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 the people signing up have played elsewhere and you know already already know how to play the game, so you're not starting from scratch. Um and you've had some coaching sessions already, did I hear you? Uh, no, we didn't have a coaching session. We actually had a meeting and then uh, we the meeting ended early. We kind of formed a committee that day on the very first day. And that was great. So we formed a committee um, and everybody that was nominated took the job because we know how, you know, you have to get a committee first to start anything. So yeah, yeah. and then a few of the girls had their hurls with them. And so we went down to the field and they were excited to puck around and excited to say, oh, my God, maybe Camogie will be here again. So. Mm -hmm. We have had no training sessions, although we wanted to, but we just, you know, obviously couldn't uh, make that happen. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's a real, I mean, it's a real shame on, on a lot of fronts for, for people involved trying to get, keep a keep the games going here or, or, or get them off the ground, like get Camogie off the ground again with the coronavirus. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, that could work you know, in another way, too, is when when everything lifts and people can get back out there again, hopefully we'll see, you know, bursts of enthusiasm from people to be able to get back out in the field, you know. Uh, <laughs> so. But where um, now I know that uh, at least as far as I recall, the kind of idea I first heard about the idea of getting a camogie club going again from coming out of Worcester. Is that where it kind of started to get this going again? Either of you can <laughs> jump Go in. Go ahead, uh, well, well, I think actually you might have more. I know that that was Frankie. Uh, uh, Frankie's, I don't care, he's killed me. I don't know his last name, but uh, he's from Clear originally. But I, I heard it from, it wasn't Frankie that I called. I actually met Frankie at the first meeting that we had. So Sharon, I think he might have called you. Um, is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Oh. He right. did, yeah. yeah. And it, so Frankie was a part of, or Frankie is a part of the men's um, hurling club, the Worcester Hurling Club, and a lot of the a lot of the girls were registered and trained with the Worcester Hurlers, mm -hmm. and I think they felt okay. It's time for us to have our own outlet here, and that's how Frankie got involved, and because some of the girls are from Worcester and. As, as Paul as Paul said earlier, Connecticut and Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how they're all involved. They're previously registered with Worcester. So Frankie was a huge part of making this happen. Yeah. yeah. And um, I guess with, with players coming from all over, uh, will the club 
kind of be based around Worcester or between Boston and Worcester? Or do we have we decided that yet? You know, where training would take place or things like that. We haven't got have we got that far yet? <laughs> Yes, that was that was widely discussed, <laughs> and um, <laughs> we feel that training will be in different locations every week or every other week. All right, right. but our games would be in Canton. Okay, so yeah, it's kind of made, yes, yeah. Canton's probably reasonably equidistant between yeah, you know those those parts of New England anyway. Um, so uh, now would you foresee, I know at the North American finals, you mentioned Sharon, I think, um, coming up in 2001, or sorry, 2021, <laughs> Next, so, and, and hoping that they go ahead, that, that's going to kind of be a, hopefully be a big boost off the bat. Yeah, I think it will. I think, you know, if it does go ahead and if a lot of the junior Camogie teams travel in, I think it would be a huge competitive weekend for the girls to you know kind of get their their feet wet and see what it see what it's like to compete at at that level right because i i really don't think many of the girls have competed in a camogie tournament over here okay would there be opportunities to to get some obviously with 29 players obviously you'd be able to have kind of in-house you know almost an in-house game but um you know, with clubs in new york probably be looking for some challenge there to, to get going. Yeah, I think we'll definitely reach out to um, the New York teams. I know that St. Mary's or St. Bridget's or one of the Chicago teams was on to us last year mm-hmm. or very recently actually to do a, a tournament this past October, was it, Paula? Yes, yes. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and obviously we didn't participate in it. I actually don't even know if it went ahead. So. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably take a little bit of practice among ourselves, given that we've hopefully that 29 will grow up to 39, you know, and we can play some uh, just small matches between ourselves just to get their Mm -hmm. girls used to just having a real match um, and then probably make trips to New York and New York come to Boston. Um, And I believe that North Americans are here this year. Is that correct, Sharon? Yeah. Yes, it is. So, you know, it's important for us to um, represent Boston in the best way we can. But again, being in our first year, uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. And hopefully we get, nobody knows where COVID is going to go, but maybe 2021, we may be able to get back on the field again. So, yeah, yeah. and we have the backings of the GA here too, which is great because we were one umbrella ourselves way back. And so we kind of, now that we have, you know, we've, Boston G is uh, have an amazing board, and um, the Northeast board is probably the best board in, in all North America. So um, we have the backing of them, I think, with their help as well. You know, because it's an expensive club to run, like all clubs. But yeah. we're we already have started fundraising, so hopefully we'll have a, a good year. Um, it's not all about winning; it's more about if we can just get uh, yeah. if we can just get the club bonded first, and then we can go from there. Yeah, um, and that's I guess a little different to the the old setup where Camogie now I think is under the umbrella of the USGAA, and then by kind of extension the Northeast Board. Yes, than having your own committee, um, and hopefully, you know, I guess being part of a, a larger organization will help with resources and stuff to get it because equipment, like you said, Paula, you know, that's when it comes to. Uh, a camogie club that's probably one of the the most expensive things you know yeah. 
raise funds for worlds and helmets, especially with the regulations. Like you said, you didn't have to wear a helmet before. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It'll take a lot, but I think uh, we have a very, very dedicated committee. And, you know, as Paula said, we, ha we do have the backing of the Boston board and there's been some great feedback from them to help us out and let us know what we can help you with. And, you know, we haven't asked yet, but we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you have to ask before you receive, right? Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Any chance we'll see either of you togging out? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I'd want to be really desperate to feel like I need to play Camo again. But there's talks about maybe going in full forward for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, sometimes I think it doesn't really matter how, how far along the road you are. <laughs> you know, Paula, once you have that skill, you never give it up. You no. never lose it. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so hopefully, I guess, hopefully we're going to see next year the um, New England Fenians is going to be the name of the club. Yes, it is. Good. Um, and hopefully we'll see Camogie back in uh, in the Boston area in 2021. You know, I guess we need we need the coronavirus to, to cooperate to some degree. That yeah. Thing. But, sure. uh, but well, you know, sorry, just to, uh, but there's, you know, the camogie still going on in Ireland, the GA at home, and uh, um, there's uh, the the senior, I'm not sure in the junior final, but the senior final is, uh, camogie final is, is it December 12th or is it this weekend? I should know that. I just looked at it, but it's uh, Galway and Kilkenny oh. anyway. 12, okay, so it is the 12th. Um, so they're still playing, but, uh, you know, that's televised, which is fantastic. So Camogie's come so far in Ireland as well. It, mm -hmm. You even have uh, female commentators every weekend, which is fantastic to see that yeah. in what, you know, the top uh, uh, former hurlers. Um, so, you know, and I hope that maybe they'd give a shout out to Boston as well, that we're coming back playing Camogie again. There might be some players way back then that remember coming to Boston way back. And uh, so I think... Camogie in general has come a long way in Ireland that I hope that we can uh, see the same here back, uh, bringing the New England Finians back to uh, Camogie level again um, at some stage. Yeah, uh, and there's, I mean, uh, just from my listening to, you know, but not board meetings and things, there definitely is a lot of enthusiasm and excitement in the board to see Camogie potentially making a comeback in the area, I think, across the board. Um, and I guess you know on the 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 GA, the Camogie front at home, um, if you can watch the game on GAA Go, you know, to kind of get your appetite whetted for, for getting they, out of the field. They actually don't put it on GAA Go because the Camogie Association broadcasts it for free. Oh, do they? Yes. <laughs> you don't even have to pay. For you it. don't. If you have RTE player, or you can watch it on uh, YouTube live. Mm -hmm. um yeah they don't you don't have to pay for it wow i didn't know that now yeah thanks for that. <laughs> i remember going to like i think it was the green briar back galway, oh. and, Wex galway and wexford were playing you know yeah. umpteen years ago and there was three people in the entire place watching the camogie all ireland final and i was the only wexford one and wexford won that year yeah. and i just was all you know, delighted with myself, and I remember thinking, "Gosh, I have no one to even celebrate it with." It was, it was, it was, it was very disheartening. 
but it's come a long way now. <laughs> you can watch it from the comfort of your own home. Your own home, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. good luck to Galway. Good luck to both teams, but in particular, good luck to Galway uh, on the yes. 12th yeah. in the Senior, uh, senior All-Ireland uh, Camogie final. Yeah, well, we'll have to tune into that one now. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and before we go, just uh, one last thing is, um, and I, I know you probably, I know how you feel about making comparisons with ladies Gaelic football, where, you know, the ladies football finals, you're getting 50,000 people in Crow Park. For those, um, do you think there's a, you know, out there, there is a kind of a wider embracing of ladies sports? compared to, you know, 20 years ago? Oh, Sean. <laughs> rather not get into. Um, I definitely think that there's more acceptance that women are just as competitive as the, the men are. And, you know, speaking from the Boston point of view, I think back in, you know, 15 years ago in here in Boston, the best game of the week on the finals weekend was the Camogie, the Camogie final. And now I think one of the best games on the weekend is the ladies football final. I mean, I think things have drastically changed and especially people's opinions and their perception of footballers and camogie players mm -hmm. that we're, we're just as talented and gifted as the men are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I For sure. Which, you know, thinking back on some of those finals days, definitely the ladies football and camogie matches were, you're not always guaranteed a great game, but thinking back on those days, they were often the best game that weekend. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. As being a dual player myself, to, uh, playing for the Boston Shamrocks, um, you know, we would get. Um, but the girls fought for that too at the meetings to, to make sure that we at least get prime yes. time because there was a couple of years there in a row where it was actually the best game of the day and it was on at one o'clock. And it's funny, but a lot of, uh, you know, spectators make their way out to Canton for that one o'clock game because from the previous year, it was so excited, exciting to watch that game. And there was only a three point, two point difference in the, in the, when the final whistle uh, blew, but there was some skillful footballers and, um, and camogie players. Um, so I think it definitely came to a different level. And you'll find a lot of the time here that the girls that come here to play want to play both sport. Yes. Um, and, and they're usually dual players. And it's it you want them to enjoy themselves and play, but it's a lot of work to try and play both and try to play your best game at the weekend. So yeah. uh, Well, especially if you're trying to play two finals <laughs> one weekend or one. Day. Right. In 100 degree heat. It's very hard. It's really tough. Yes. Yeah, I well, just actually just to say that we played in 1999 and we, we played actually it was in Chicago and we had we were just after winning our first North American for the Boston Shamrocks. We were in every semifinal uh, quarterfinal this year. We got to the final and we won it in 1999 and literally we came off the field. We were after winning that and we couldn't yeah. have to, I didn't have time to celebrate. I had the camogie trainer grab me saying you got to get on the other field. And we played that, and we ended up winning that uh, also against Chicago. Um, by uh, We won pretty well in the, the camogie, but um, it was like back-to-back -back and 90-degree weather. But they're yeah. the things you think about, but it, they were well worth it. And then we celebrated after, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be seeing, you know, we'll be seeing celebrations with a, a Boston camogie team in the next, the next 12, within the next 12 months or so. Well, but please, I, I, God. Well, I think getting out there, you know, getting the team out there and competing is going to be 
you know, that'll be a success in itself. Yeah, I think it is. It's yeah. taken us a long time to to find somebody that's willing to call a hundred people to get a, a team put together, and yeah. it's it's it is exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, well, thanks, Paula, and thanks, Sharon, for your time. And best of luck with the New England Fenians. Perfect. And, uh, we, you know, you never know. We might see you April, May, June out there, out there at the cultural center with the with the orals. <laughs> Hopefully, I've taken a picture, Paula. So watch out. <laughs> I might have my gear on. We might be short pairs that day, so I definitely have, might have to talk out that day. <laughs> see if I still have it. <laughs> oh, I'd say you do. I'd say you do. <laughs> All right. So that just about wraps it up for the pilot series of the Boston GA podcast. I'd like to thank everyone who appeared and shared their experiences of being involved with the GAA in Boston. Uh, and I'd also like to thank Evan McDonough. Evan did all the editing for the, uh, the episode, so thanks very much to Evan. We do have plans for 2021 where we'd like to continue the series of podcasts and hopefully we'll be able to do so in an environment where we have championships going on in Canton and around New England. So have a happy Christmas and all the best for the new year to everybody.